This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. God wants to do something in this place. God wants to do something in this place. Now I've got, I'm going I'm to preach about 15 or 20 minutes. I'm gonna, uh, go ahead, everybody can be, Derek, you keep on playing. Everybody else can, you can be seated. Uh, we're going to take up that offering at the end for them kids. I'm going to dismiss the kids, Leslie. Just leave the buckets. I'm going to let the, the guys, Butch, at the end, just take those buckets from Leslie and y'all take up the change at the door. I don't want to disrupt what God's doing. But I wanna, I wanna tell you what we're over these uh, between now and Christmas. I'm gonna preach a series about being pregnant with promise. I'm gonna start it today, and I'm only gonna preach 20 minutes. Being pregnant with promise, the promise of what Jesus can do on the inside of you. And going into the first of the year, I'm going to preach a series on redigging old wells. And if we want to have a move of God, we got to begin to redig some wells. Some of our wells have become occluded. And when things are occluded, they don't operate correctly. J.O., you had a stint put in not long ago because you had an artery that was occluded and when it was occluded you weren't functioning quite right I know that's true because Carolyn told me but but they went in and opened that occlusion up and he, he was back playing dominoes the next day because the occlusion was opened up so we understand just from medical science today that when something's occluded, it doesn't bring life to us, it brings death. And I'm going to preach a series going into the first of the year, probably five or six sermons on digging up old wells. And I want to ask you to make it a priority to not miss church. Just ask it. I don't think I've ever asked a congregation that ever. Of course, every pastor wants everybody to be there every service. But listen, unless you've got a baby being born or a once-in-a-lifetime vacation planned, I just want to ask you, make it a priority to be here because I'm going to be laying some groundwork for where I want us to go. And to, we've, got to, we've got to break open some of the occlusions allow God to be able to move. Amen. How many of you want God to move in your life? I, I, I want God to do something new in my life. Amen. Are you good standing up there and playing just the whole time I'm up here? All right, I'm going to just get you to stand right there. You need that little bench, you just get it and just pull it right there. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 1. I'm going to talk about plans. Well, 
your past, your plans, and your promises today. Becoming pregnant with promise. Part one. This is in the ESV. They'll have it on the overhead. Luke chapter one, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee from named Nazareth to the virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and said to her, Greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I am a virgin. Some translations say, Since I haven't known a man. And the angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can I tell you, we need the Holy Spirit to come upon some people again today. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be. Somebody say, let it be. According to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary has an encounter with Gabriel. Just a couple facts about Gabriel that are interesting. He's only one of two named angels in the Bible. And he only ever spoke to three people. Daniel, Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, and Mary. His message always points to the coming of the Messiah. And he had the opportunity to name the two most influential men that were ever birthed into this natural earth. He named John the Baptist and he named Jesus. And I want to share just a couple points about this story of Mary. Nazareth was a little town. Most theologians think it was about 250 people. Just a little town. Insig Mary was a little insignificant girl. Most people say she was around 16 years old. I don't think the age is given anywhere in the Bible, but we're going to call her 16 for the sake of argument today. Just a little 16-year-old girl in an insignificant town going about her daily business. And all of a sudden, the angel that had been sent to Daniel, not once but twice he talked to Daniel, the same angel decides to visit this little 16-year-old girl. and changes her entire world. He comes to her with a question. He says, will you carry the promise of salvation inside of you? The world needed salvation. Has anybody ever seen a world that needed saving? Come on, somebody. He said, I want you to carry the, if you look up the definition of the name of Jesus, it means salvation or the rescuer. He said, I want you to carry 
salvation inside of you. I want you to carry the rescuer inside of you. Can I tell you that today God is still by by the Holy Spirit moving in His people, still asking people, will you carry the promise of Jesus inside of you? That was just the first time. But the Bible says that now He is available to live inside of who? All who believed. I never thought of it till I just got to looking over this. We get to experience in a sense the same thing that Mary did, that the power of Jesus lives on the inside of us and God is asking his people will you will you carry the promise inside of you I thought about how many young women there must have been that were candidates for the promise Mary wasn't the only little Christian girl Mary wasn't the only girl that had kept herself pure before the Lord but there was something about her. And God said, she's the one. She is the one. She's not ordinary. She's not normal. There's something different about her. When you get to heaven one day, you can find out all the details and know all the details. But I want to tell you, I believe that God saw real commitment in Mary in everything she did from day to day. He he didn't wait to give her a task of carrying the rescuer, of carrying salvation, and just see, well, I wonder if she's going to be committed. No, he already knew that she could be trusted with a promise. She could be trusted to see it through. Even when she got up out of the bed some mornings and didn't feel good. Even when somebody ruffled her feathers the wrong way. Mary wasn't a supernatural individual. She was a, she was a woman living in a natural world. But God saw something in her that was different. I believe that Mary's worship was different than everybody else's. I believe that she spent time before the Lord. I'm talking about crying out in worship to Him. Just really quick this morning, I want to give you a couple things that you need to know about Mary. She had a past. She could have immediately said when Gabriel come, comes to her and he says, will you, will you, will you do this? Will you, you're highly favored of God. He's, a, he's already called you for this. Will you accept the challenge? Have you ever thought about what would have happened if she said, it was, well, that's just not for me? God would have went on and found somebody else that was, willing to accept and can I tell you something God needs you to accept the promises of God somebody needs to hear the promise of Jesus that can live on the inside of you somebody needs to hear the promise of restoration somebody needs to hear the promise of love and grace and mercy that can only be brought by a rescuer he comes to her and Mary has a past she could have argued her past you see, if you look in Matthew chapter 1 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, there are five women that are mentioned, Mary being one of them. There are women like Tamar who 
because she had two idiot husbands, she ended up sleeping with her father-in-law and getting pregnant so she could have a baby. Then there's Rahab, the harlot of Jericho. The woman that took money to sleep with other women's husbands is listed in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And then the Bible doesn't call her by name in Matthew 1, but it says, and then there was her who was the wife of Uriah. They didn't even see fit to name Bathsheba by name. Oh, you know Uriah's wife. Listen, that story was 2,000 years old, and people were still talking about Uriah's wife. Can I tell you something about your past? People are always going to still be talking about what's in your past. But the thing about the God that I serve is he's not interested in your past. He's interested in your future. God doesn't choose the worthy. He chooses the willing. Somebody needs to get that this morning. God does not choose the worthy. He chooses the willing. She had a past, but she didn't let that stop her. Another thing she had, she had plans. I like this story because she had everything we have. All of us have a past, and she also had plans. She was planning a wedding with Joseph. Now she's going to go tell this man that she loves. Joseph, I, I got something I want to share with you. I, I racked my brain trying to figure out Josh I wanted to know how she really did it did she fix him a good meal I mean I mean what how did she set the stage Joseph I gotta talk to you you won't you'll never believe what's happened I'm pregnant it's not what you think matter of fact Joseph are you ready for this it was the Holy Spirit. She had all of these plans. She had her wedding planned out perfectly. She had all the bridesmaids and the attendants and every the, the feast and oh, everything was gonna be just perfect in a nutshell. But all of a sudden God comes in, he steps onto the scene, and he interrupts Mary's plans. Can I tell you something? God checks your availability by interrupting your plans. That tells God how committed you'll really be to the work of his kingdom when he can interrupt your plans. I know I'm meddling in your business this morning, but this is truth. He stepped in and he interrupted Mary's plans. And in verse 38, I love Mary's answer. I mean, I, I'm just putting myself in her spot. I mean, look, Lord, you've been waiting 4,000 years to do this. Is it any way we could wait till next year this time? That's a lot. Come on, church. Is that not a logical thought? Lord, we've been waiting 4,000 years for the Savior. Since the beginning of the world, God, I want to tell you, I'm all in. But if we could, let's see, what's, it's October 10th. I'll tell you what, let's do it September 1st of next year. Can I tell you something about God's will? 
God's will is not molded to your plans. Your plans are molded to His will. God has a way of interrupting plans. sharing it but I feel like I'm supposed to before I got the call about coming to this church I'd gotten a call about a church in Virginia that was going to be coming open about an hour and a half from where we lived very top of the Blue Ridge Mountains I even looked at we looked at houses there. I mean, I'm talking about just the months before I got the call about coming here. And I was thinking, man, would it, wouldn't it be awesome? God had moved me to that swamp, that mud hole, and now He's going to provide a way for me to go back to the majestic Blue Ridge Mountains. I had an inside scoop on the situation that the guy was going to be retiring within the next year. And that that church would want me to come. <laughs> the guy just announced he's retiring. He's leaving the end of December. One year, one year later. But somewhere in the process of that, God had an interruption to my plans. He, we get a call from Bishop Toby Morgan about coming to a church in Hearst, Texas. And if y'all don't know it by now, I am not a big city boy. I mean, 19 seconds after that phone call, I went on Google to see where Hearst, Texas was. And I was like, oh no. That thing's sitting slap dab in the middle of 8 million people. I don't think so. I mean, you pro I told Stephen, you probably can't see a tree for a while. <laughs> I mean, Lord, I done already went to a swamp for you. I, an asphalt jungle was not my No, 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 no. But just in a little bit of prayer, we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew, we knew what we were supposed to do. We knew, without a doubt, when we flew, got on the plane to fly up here to meet with the council, we knew. Before we ever left the council meeting that night we met with the council, we knew. God interrupted what I thought was my plan and I want to tell you the reason you can't wait to next year to obey the promise that God has spoken in your life the promise that he wants you to conceive and become pregnant with is because if you wait to next year there may be a counterfeit that steps in the way and you get involved in the counterfeit and you can't get back to what God has called you to do If I had moved back to Virginia, 
there ain't no chance. There ain't no chance I would be here today. No chance. No chance. Your, your plans have to be molded to fit God's will and promise for your life. It's not the other way around. She had a past. She had plans. And she had a promise. There were two main promises given. I know I'm on 20 minutes. Give me five more. Two main promises given. He says, you will conceive and you will bring forth. Can I tell you in this place this morning, this God is looking for a church that will begin to conceive something new. That A church that is willing to let new life be conceived on the inside of them because without it we can't ever bring anything new forth we can't bear anything new God is looking for a people that will say God I'm going to commit to you to the level that I'm going to push aside my plans and God I'm ready to mold them to meet your will I'm ready to mold them to meet the promise of this life but be, get ready because every time a promise is given, a problem will always show up. Now Mary's having to figure out, listen, you got stoned to death. Joseph on her only problem. Joseph was willing to just put her away quietly. But she faced being stoned to death. And this is one of the biggest obstacles for a people. See, this is what I want you to get. See, God's got something inside of every person in this place. Donna's got something, and Donna, he's got something inside of you. Ramey's got something inside of you. Russell, Tammy, Rhonda, Allie, everybody. God's got something inside of you that only you can do, but you can't wait for God to mold his will all around your plan. God is saying if you will just commit, yeah, but God, what if I don't succeed? God, I see all the problems that can arise. Can I tell you something? Success is not your responsibility. It's God's. Let me say that again. Success is not your responsibility it's God's my, my, my responsibility is just to be obedient your responsibility is just to be obedient and success belongs to the Lord God is looking for an obedient people Mary could have just shut down the encounter immediately and said it's not for me but she understood you see, Satan comes immediately to steal, kill, and destroy every promise that God gives in your life. Immediately. Immediately. But she understood that she needed to give the promise an opportunity to grow. Can I tell you something in your life? You need to give God's promises an opportunity to grow. Because what we so often do is we abort them prematurely. word and seeing it to fruition or bringing it to its fullness is two different things it's easy to get a word oh I, pastor gave me a word I'm so excited he gave me a word 
But what are you going to do with it? Listen, everybody in this place is getting a word today. You don't have to get a one-on-one word in the altar. If God's word is being read, you're getting a, the Bible says his word is already anointed. So you can leave here today saying, hallelujah, I got a word. I got a word that God wants to put something inside of me. Give the promises of God an opportunity to grow. Don't abort them prematurely. Just because things look difficult and you don't know how you'll take care of it, don't abort it. That's up to God. Success is up to Him. Full commitment will cost you everything. But it will give you more than your heart can imagine. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man all the good things that God has in store for those who love Him. True love takes commitment. Pastor, you don't understand the problems that that I will be facing if I follow the promise of God for my life. Can I tell you something? Mary fixed that problem for us. Because the problem inside of her was Jesus. And my Bible tells me that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is Redeemer, is Restorer. He is the Builder. He is the one my hope leans on. So that means that your problem must bow to the promise. If God has birthed a promise inside of you, the problem cannot rise above it. Your problem must bow to the promise. I don't know what promises have been spoken into your life. Maybe you've had a promise that there's salvation coming in your family. Maybe you've been given the promise that you're going to do something in ministry. Maybe you've been given a promise you're going to be a children's worker and you want to do something for the Lord. Maybe you've been given a promise that you're supposed to be a preacher and God wants to call you out into ministry. I don't know what the promise is today. Maybe there's a problem in your marriage. The promise of God says that you and your wife will cleave to one another and love each other in the Lord. So if there is a problem in the marriage, guess what? That problem must bow to the promise because every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't know about you, I need I need a promise inside of me to begin to grow. I want to ask you this morning, how long has it been since you conceived? Could the fact that you're not joyful be the fact that you're not conceiving anything? Listen, you talk to any woman that's been pregnant or any woman that's adopted a child, just the thought of having a baby coming I want to tell you what it creates. It creates some excitement. You begin to do things differently. You begin to arrange the house differently. Everything begins to change. Could it be that nothing is changing in your life because it's been so long since you've allowed God to speak a promise inside of you and you haven't conceived anything for Him? 
in a long time. That church has just become something that we come in and we go out. Where do you go to church at? I go over at that Life Fellowship. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going good, going good. Yeah, come on and visit. And we come in. My God, do you know when we come into church on Sunday morning, this is an opportunity for us to get radical for the Lord. This is, this is where we come in and we worship Him. And we come in and sometimes we just, pl- I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes we'll come in and we just plop down and we just, well, I'm here. I'll give my tithe. I'll sing your first song and then I'm going home. Listen, it can happen to me too. I can get caught up and well, I gotta get this announcement, that announcement, I've gotta man, I gotta get all this in order. What about just coming in to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Oh, let me tell you, church, this is an opportunity when we come into this house. Where we just lift him up. And this is what I want you to see this morning. God has a promise that he wants to conceive in you. I don't know what it is. But there should be salvation living on the inside of you that is birthed into the earth. Because we live in a world that is lost, fearful, dying, you know why we have so many agnostics now that don't believe in anything? It's because they're so fearful about what's going on. It's easy for them to just detach and say, well, I'll just choose to believe there's nothing really to any of this. We need to begin to share. There is hope inside of me. There is salvation inside of me. There's restoration inside of me. And his name is Jesus. Ask every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. How many of you are ready to become pregnant with promise? To begin to feel the promise of God beginning to come alive on the inside of you. I want to ask you this place this morning if there's anybody in here. You've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You don't know Him as your Savior, but today you want to you make Him the Lord of your life. You want to let God forgive me my sins. I, I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I leave this earth. If that's you this morning, I don't want to let this opportunity pass without you being able to accept Him. If that's you this morning, is there anybody in this place you need to receive Jesus as your Savior? Would you slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you right where you are wait just a moment anybody anybody you need to accept Jesus as your Savior anybody hallelujah hallelujah now I want to ask this now this this is a serious question this morning I, I don't want you to take it lightly how many of you would be honest enough this morning and say pastor it's been a long time since I've really been pregnant with a promise from God where I, where I could feel it growing on the inside of me and I was excited about what God was going to do through me. But, but today, I've been stirred. I'm ready to become pregnant with the promises of God. I need God to do something. Would you be honest? Raise your hand this morning. Come on, church. 
all over this room. Come on. You're ready to be pregnant with promise again. I want to ask you to come on, fill this altar right now. You raise your hand. You raise your hand. Come on. Don't wait on somebody else. Don't wait on somebody else. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I want to get a wall of believers that will come stand behind these. Come on. Some people that know how to believe. Thank you for listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 1030 a.m. and Wednesdays at 645 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.